right, everybody. Welcome to another partnership of the Comic Source Comic Boom uh, coming at you with a, a really cool topic. If you didn't hear about it, DC Comics announced today this, this I guess, uh, getting in on the last day of March Madness, uh, March 31st. They announced all these new possible series that they're thinking about coming out with, and they put them in bracket style, and they're asking everybody to go to their Twitter feed and vote and decide which of these series you want to uh, come to fruition. So the first round is going on right now. So Rocky and I decided it'd be a, a lot of fun to get on here and talk about each of the series uh, in turn and, and talk about which ones we, we like and which ones we, uh, we pick. So uh, what did you think when you saw this, Rocky? Cool idea or you think it's kind of eh? Well, I, I actually thought it was, I actually find it to be a refreshing idea for, you know, we've always been bitching about, you know, DC and Marvel, listen to the fans, listen to the fans. And then they usually, usually the creators or editorial, we get some statement about, you know, they want to give, you know, you got to give readers what they, you got to give them what they need, what they, not what they want and all this not other nonsense. Want, yeah. And it's like, no, you know, for once, no, let us vote. You know, I remember back in the day, I don't, you're old, you know, we're, you and I are the same age. I don't know about you, but I remember voting to kill off Jason Todd by telephone back in the day. Yeah. I like voting for what I like and I like being respected for my vote. And I'm, I'm frankly, I'm excited for this. And, you know, I might not, the winner might not be who I vote for, but I'd like to have the opportunity to have some input. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I did see some other people talking. I wouldn't be surprised. So first of all, I, I think the way it's going to go is whatever advances to the next round, they're going to announce creative teams for. And then the following round, they're going to show like three, five, something like that preview pages. And then the final two, you're going to get like 10 preview pages. So a lot of this stuff is is further down the line. I think every one of these pitches and every one of these stories, DC would be willing to publish. So I wouldn't be surprised that even uh, some that don't make it all the way, because, you know, it, according to this, there's only going to be one winner, right? I wouldn't be surprised to see some that aren't the ultimate winner still see print at, at some point, maybe just based on, you know, how many votes it gets, if it seems like it's going to be popular. Um, but you also wonder how much AT&T or the higher ups are driving this going, okay, we wanna, instead of just editorial approving a pitch and saying, we think this will sell, this is really a way for DC to actually say, look, you know, have metrics. Hey, look, we got 50,000 votes for this. Maybe that means it'll sell at least 25,000 issues for the first, you know, uh, issue or two. I, so uh, it, it's kind of like them covering their own butts in a way. And I, again, I think like you said, it's, it's cool because we're getting some input and, you know, DC is getting a chance to say, okay, we think this might sell. And, you know, and I think it's a, I think it's a safe thing to do too, because one of the things that I know that you had, uh, when you had sort of, we were communicating earlier, you said you were sort of interested to hear about JLQ. And I was, I thought it stood for Justice League Quarterly, but it's Justice <laughs> League Queer. Because I, I thought Justice League Quarterly has some history behind it. And Justice League Quarterly was a series that was from a Justice League series from 1990 to 1994 that had various stars of the Justice League in it. But it stands for Justice League Queer. And I would, to be quite frank, I think that's courting potential controversy myself, you know, about putting sexual orientation at the forefront as opposed to stories. And, and you know, like again, I mean, look. I'm all for a great story. I don't care about the sexual orientation of the characters. Just give me a good story. But I like the fact that, that DC is saying, well, look, 
We're calling it Justice League Queer. What do you guys think? Do you like it? We're letting you decide. If you think that we're forcing politics on you, then don't vote for it. If you like it, vote for it. We promise a good story. But again, it's letting the readership decide. And frankly, in this, let's face it, we've had a comic book culture war a little bit to a certain extent over the last five years, five, ten years. And so I kind of like the fact where DC is saying, okay, guys, look, we value your opinion. We don't want to screw this up, but we have some ideas. You tell us what you want. So I, I think it's actually a good idea. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I, I'll kind of give, I'll, I'll save my thoughts on uh, JLQ when we, uh, when we get there. You want to start going through the, uh, the individual matchups? Uh, sure. Uh, and I'm just, uh, just going through here. And this, uh, we're looking at the uh, Games Radar, I guess, Newsarama site. Uh, Brave, the Brave and the Bug, <laughs> Justice League Queer, Blue Beetle, Graduation Day, Superman and Lois, Ignition are just some of the potential titles to choose from. And uh, going down, uh, this is something you mentioned, uh, uh, Jace. If uh, do you want to, do you want to read through the rounds, or do you want me to? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm happy to do it. So yeah, so basically, the the creative team for each project and some art won't be revealed till April eighth. You see here, so obviously that's after that first round is done. After the first round ends, uh, maybe that maybe they haven't commissioned any art yet. After the first round ends. Anything that makes it past the first round, we'll get to see some art. We'll know what the creative teams are. Uh, and so as things advance, we're going to get more and more because, you know, DC is not going to pay artists to, to create a bunch of work when, you know, it's not going to see the, the light of day. So uh, that that first bracket there, uh, Green Lantern under, uh, I almost said underwear, Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a completely different book. You want to talk about uh, controversy. Yeah. Underworld on fire. Uh, it's basically a Kyle Rayner Kilowog story, right? Uh, there's some new underworld kingpin in the galaxy. And um, uh, even Sinestro wants to know who this big power player is in the galaxy. And Kyle Rayner and Kilowog are on the case, and they're going to uh, try to f figure out who it is. Uh, so that's going up against Etta Candy, Holiday Hero, which if you're not familiar, Etta Candy, she's kind of the, the Wonder Woman sidekick. She's just a regular... Uh, human, she doesn't have any powers, but here she gets a chance to get powers. Um, she gets her very own superpower. She takes on the mantle of Candy Stripe, and she joins forces with Wonder Woman, Amanda Waller, and her Beta Lambda sorority sisters, and creates a superhero group called Holiday Hero Inc., and it's an all-girl agency sworn to protect and assist anyone in need. <laughs> woo, woo. That sounds very much uh, aimed at younger readers to me, Yeah, and I, I, I have a I have a feeling that this is one of those there. It's not even going to be close. I don't think a lot of people know who Etta Candy is. Yeah. I think people are going to see Kyle Rayner. And I think Green Lantern is going to going to win in a landslide here. Not to say that I wouldn't check out the Etta Candy, but it, it's definitely not in my wheelhouse. So for me, no brainer. I'm going with the, uh, the Kilowog Rayner story. What about you? I, well, yeah, I have to agree. I, I don't, I can't believe in, in fact, if I didn't know better, I would think they were setting Etta Candy up to, to lose here. Also, I'm I'm a, like frankly I'm assuming that this is Ada, this is the uh, Caucasian Ada Candy almost from the Golden Age because it's it yeah deals or, or with from the yeah from the first Wonder Woman movie that's what I would assume yeah I'm assuming that just from the description it's it's Ada Candy uh, the the African American Ada Candy in in the present continuity is is a military member of the military and and just the you know uh, just a different just a different character period, quite frankly, with a different background and, and, and everything. I like this. Uh, 
because it's a harken back to the golden age. I, I would actually like, uh, I mean, I love Green Lantern. I would love to, I'd be like to see it as a one shot, the Etta Candy thing. I, I don't, I don't know. This is really going to test the age of the readership because I'm really curious if this voting is going to reveal anything because we always, us white male guys, part of me thinks that only us older white guys are collecting comic books and that we're a dying yeah. demographic, you know, and, and I'm just going to be really curious to see on this vote how it goes because wouldn't it be something if Ada Candy beat out Green Lantern? Because if that were the case, I would seriously question the demographic and the ages of, of those reading comic books. It's like, oh, wow, like that would shock me. That would really shock me. So I, I wonder if there are going to be any sleeper hits and surprises in this. Yeah, uh, I, I sort of agree with you. I wouldn't mind seeing the Etta Candy one shot, if only for my daughter's sake. You know, she's a big uh, Wonder Woman fan. And if this is, uh, you know, aimed at younger readers, it would be right up her alley. But what's interesting is because the vote voting is taking place on Twitter, you can go to their Twitter feed. And once you vote it, you can go back and you can look and you can see, you know, which ones are really close. Some of them that I that I thought wouldn't be close were like one was 51 point something percent and the other one was 49 point something percent. Others were like 79 to, you know, 20 and they, they weren't that close. But some, yeah, they were neck and neck, at least when I voted earlier today. Wow. Yeah, I haven't voted yet. So, uh, but in any event, off to bracket number two. Uh, yeah, you, uh, your turn. Okay, I'll, we'll take turns. Uh, uh, the Brave and the Bug Crisis on Infinite Ambush, which... I got to. I have to say right off the bat, that's that's my favorite title out of all of them. So if I had to vote on the favorite title, that would definitely win. Ambush Bug must team up with some of DC's greatest heroes to survive an attack by revenge-seeking ambush bugs from across the multiverse who never got to exist <laughs> thanks to AB's refusal to be re rebooted. What does AB stand for? Oh, ambush bugs. Ambush bugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, how? How? I mean, that right away. That's got my attention. All right, the second one is Zatanna going up against Zatanna and the King of Nightmares. Something is terribly wrong with Zatanna's powers, but before she can heal herself, she is forced to confront her worst fears in a strange new spiritual realm ruled by the terrifying otherworldly foe known as the King of Nightmares. Uh, well, what do you what do you think, Jace? What, what, where's your vote going on that well, one? Well, yeah, based on uh, your, which one's your favorite title out of all of them, we know which way you're voting. But yeah. so this one was really this one was really tough for me. It was almost a coin flip. So this is the one drawback of, of this, right? We're not getting to know the creative teams until we get to the next round, which means you know we're we're not going to know the, what would have been the creative teams for half of the series. This one to me is so dependent on who the creators are. I'm not a big ambush bug fan. I, 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 I'm more of a fan of Zatanna, if, you, if we're just going purely based on the characters. I enjoy Zatanna more as a character than I do ambush bug. That being said, if it's Keith Giffen on Brave and the Bug and somebody I've never heard of on Z Zatanna, maybe I go ahead and go with the ambush bug. But if it's like, I don't know, you know, so, somebody whose uh, narrative I trust and like Nicholas Scott art or or my dream would be to have Adam Hughes art and covers on Zatanna, then I'm going with that. So it, it's so tough for me because I, I'm not, I don't really have a horse in in this race. So all that being said, because I, I do like Zatanna, you know, at 51% and, and Ambush Bug 49, I went ahead and went with Zatanna here. So yeah. uh, I guess if you vote for Ambush Bug, our votes are going to cancel each other out. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you on your comments about Adam Hughes, Zatanna, and I, it's going to be interesting to see if the speculation 
if the speculators out there, the comic book speculators are going to be voting out in droves on this because I, I tell you what, Zatanna issues, thir- I think it's issues 9, 13, and 16, that finals it from her from her series, from her, uh, her last uh, DC comic book series. Those things are eating up this co- comic book speculation market. And I, there's nothing that speculators would love more to have another reason to raise the price of Zatanna comics. <laughs> and that and are those... four, you know, the first appearance of Zatanna, will that take off if, if more people vote from this? It's going to be really interesting to see, again, the demographics that come out to vote. I'm really curious, you know, uh, and I was wondering, you you said the vote is the vote on just on Twitter, or is it elsewhere too? As far as I know, it's only on Twitter. Um, their initial announcement said vote in this thread, and they had the the Twitter polls. Um, so I, I, as far as I know, it's only on Twitter. And once you voted, if you go back to that thread and look, it'll show you the updated percentages. So, uh, but but real quick, something you said there, um, and I know some of those Zatanna issues are, are really hot. Because they have Hughes covers, but he didn't do the interiors, right? He just did. That's right. He didn't, do, he didn't do the interiors. No. Okay. Yeah, man, I'd love to see him do like the covers and the interiors. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So wait, you didn't, us, you didn't give us your pick. You got to make it official. You, oh, you go uh, yeah. My, my pick is, uh, I mean, actually, as much as I love Ambush Bug, I would like that story. I am a huge Zatanna fan. I am a huge Zatanna fan, and I love Zatanna. I got her whole series. I got. I don't have her first appearance in Hawkman number four. I do have a speculator speculator side that's it's a little outside my budget. It keeps itching, yeah. itching up in price. And frankly, if Zatanna wins this vote, I don't think that price of Hawkman number four is going to be coming down anytime <laughs> soon. Down it, no. <laughs> so, uh, but we'll see because even though Zatanna might make it past the first round, you know, you never know because uh, again, we have that. Uh, we have that uh, round robin tournament. It's going to be really interesting to see how that all turns out in the end. But in any yep. event, uh, yeah. All right. On to, on to bracket number bracket. three, we have a, a Lobo Animal Man team up called Scorched Earth going up against Son of the Creeper. Uh, so uh, Lobo, main man, uh, he, it's, <laughs> to, to read the text here, uh, entire alien races collectively wet themselves with fear. <laughs> I, I love that. That's a great way to describe uh, <laughs> Lobo, he doesn't take any any crap, but he doesn't really mention anything about uh, the Animal Man part of that. So I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. Uh, and then we have Son of the Creeper, which uh, awkward teenager's life's turned upside down when he inherits his dad's chaotic powers. But apparently, he's never met his father, according to this, because it says Kieran Millar must save a father he doesn't know from the monster he's become. So my initial was right away it was a creeper, and then I was like, oh wait this is son of the creeper. So it's a new guy getting to the creeper powers. I don't know. I'm a sucker for the creeper, especially the Steve Ditko stuff. Um, and I, I don't really like Lobo. He's not somebody who resonates with me. So for me, it's a pretty easy choice here uh, with uh, the creeper, but I, I, I might regret that because I, I mean, son of the creeper, it's something totally different. It's not the, the creeper that we all, we all know. And again, I, I wish this is another instance where I really wish we knew which creative teams were, uh, were behind the books. But for me, if I had to pick one, I'll go with Creeper. Yeah. You know, when one of the frustrating things I'm finding as we're going through this is that I it's and, and that's the problem with any round robin tournament is I I wish the pairings were different because mm-hmm. I, I really would. I mean, frankly. I mean, that Etta Candy is getting down farther and down on my list all the time. I, I tell you <laughs> yeah. what, because I, like I said, I love, I'm a longtime DC reader. I know you are too. 
I love the obscure characters. I love when they get some love and some focus. And the the idea of uh, the son of the creeper, I love that idea. I remember reading, I remember Jason uh, way back in the day, Beware the Creeper by Vertigo, uh, Jason, one of Jason Aaron's earliest works for DC yep. Vertigo. I remember reading that and I don't imagine this is going to be along that same vein, but I really enjoyed that. And it's it's always something that stayed with me. And I love the creeper, and they're always they can always do something different with it. But god, god damn, man, who doesn't love Lobo and Animal Man? What an odd pairing! I find mm-hmm. that to be an odd pairing, and it's always those wild cards that come that can just you know surprise the hell out of you and surprise the readership. So, man, I, I know I got to make an, a, an executive decision here. Oh my god, if I have to go between these two. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to go with the wild card. If for no other reason you went for Son of Creeper, we got to split it. I go with Lobo and Animal <laughs> Man, but I got to tell you, man, I, I I, I, don't think there's a loser here, to be honest with you. Yep, I agree. And for me, the Creeper has one of the most underrated costumes in, in all of DC Comics. His, his, the color scheme is just – it's so loud and in your face and just awesome. I love the way yeah. he looks. <laughs> right on. Okay. Well, bracket number four, we got <laughs> Justice League Queer, not quarterly, so I was wrong on that. Justice League Queer versus the Robins. Justice League Queer, eight young queer heroes investigate a series of monstrous manifestations around the world and discover that something much more terrifying is coming. Very ominous. Versus the Robins, which is in about in the Bloodhaven apartment of Dick Grayson, a group of young people meets for coffee, donuts, and kvetching between long, yep. awkward silences. The only thing they have in common, all were once kid wonders, sidekicks to Batman. Robins. Um, wow. I, I, I just... I, I want to be diplomatic here. I... I I don't like the whole principle of making someone's orientation the focus of a story. I think that's just bad form. But you know what? Maybe that's not my place to say to say. So I want to be fair here. I I think I think it's very odd that you know eight young people happen to get together to fight a monstrous manifestation, and they all happen to be gay. It just seems like a very like story-wise, that seems very hard to believe, but I don't want to. I don't want to take away from people that, you know, might be looking for those types of stories and you know looking for a comic book that speaks to them. So I want to be fair to that. And again, so uh, and if it's a good story, well, frick, I don't care. Give me a good story. Uh, but so I want to. I'll leave my. You know, I'll, I'll leave the politics out of it. Uh, and if it's a great story, fine. Frankly, I'm sick of Batman. I'm 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 sick of all the Robins. I don't I don't need another Robin story, uh, and 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 I'm so sick of a Robin story. We're getting Damien. I love Damien. I don't need Robin's story. I don't need a bunch of Robins like a little nest together and they're all sitting around having donuts talking about being Batman psychic. That sounds boring as hell to me. I would rather have Justice League queer. What the hell? Surprise me. It's a wild card. Yeah, I mean, just if I don't know why, why is so if you're not familiar with the term kvetching, that that's a Yiddish term. It means complaining. So they're sitting around bitching about Batman, <laughs> a bunch of Robins sitting around bitching about Batman. I, I think that gag gets old by the third or fourth page. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I agree. I agree with Rocco. We have more than enough Bat family content. 
So yeah, to me, I'm going to go with Justice League queer. And, and, and here's the thing. I agree with something that Rocky said right off the bat, right? If the focus is on the fact that these are, are queer characters, I, I don't think the book works. The whole point would be to bring in characters that are queer, and that's not the focus. Focus on the fact they're heroes who just happen to be queer, right? Don't make it you know, overt and in your face. Um, but also at the same time, how many thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of comics have been created over the years that guys like Rocky and I can relate to, right? It's the superhero is a white male, you know, heterosexual, and, and we can, you know, put ourselves in their shoes. It's, it's a much, much smaller number when you start talking about representation for, uh, for uh, queer characters in comics. So I'm fine to, to, to have them get a chance to see a, a super group and a, a team that, you know, they can find somebody to uh, identify with. Uh, really, I know we'll have succeeded as a, a, a society when it stops even being a, a thing. It, you know, it doesn't have to be called Justice League Queer. It's just called Justice League. And the sexual orientation of the characters doesn't matter one way or the other. We can just stop talking about it. Um, but I know we're probably <laughs> centuries away from that. Uh, it still has to be a thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm JLQ. I, I think this is an important book to, to be out there to give people a, a chance. And, you know, we always talk about growing the readership. You got to give people uh, books that they can see themselves. They can relate to the characters. Hey, I see myself in that character. And uh, so I think th for me, this is the one, uh, almost the one that I want to see happen the most, not necessarily for myself, because I, I want the story more than other, uh, any uh, other story. There's other stories I probably would rather read more, mm. but I think this is kind of the most in, important one. And, you know, the whole point of this DC reaching out to the readership going, Hey, tell us what you want to see. I wouldn't be surprised, but I almost, man, if they really wanted it to succeed, they should have put this up against Etta Candy. You know, <laughs> I mean, they put it up against the Batman book. Yeah. So maybe they're like, well, we're going to try it. We'll look like we tried to do the PC thing, but sorry, you lost out to Batman. Uh, so yeah. we're not going to produce it, but again, but also at the same time, like I said, at the top, I, this is one I could see losing and still seeing print at some point as well. well yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, maybe I just had a brain fart, uh, Jace, but I tried to rattle off eight queer heroes that the DC universe has. I, Renee Montoya, you could maybe throw in, uh, Harley, Ivy, Scandal, Crush. Who am I missing? Like, who are the other queer? Kate Kane, you forgot. Kate Kane, Batwoman, thank you. All right. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah. uh, so just, I, I guess uh, I'm just Montoya's trying to rattle program. them off. So anyways. Yeah, like, there are there are others. Um, what was the guy? Extranio, remember Extranio. From, the, from the Millennium. <laughs> the millennium. How can we forget Extranio? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like, I mean, like I said, I... What I hope doesn't happen. I hope this doesn't delve into a bunch. Of, I hope this. I hope that the I don't want it to be political. aspect doesn't doesn't override the 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 purpose of of this, which is to draw in readership and get people excited and to vote. And that's that's what I that's what I'm I'm excited about this, and I'm looking at it from that perspective and putting our, our best foot forward because I I don't want there to be a bunch of YouTube videos of people bitching about you know, yep. uh, representation. I don't care. Just let's just, let's just try to enjoy the story and, uh, you know, vote accordingly. And it's going to, again, it's going to be interesting to see how the vote goes. You know, this is DC saying, yeah, we, look, we're listening to people. We want to be inclusive, but let's see what the readership tells us. Well, you put it perfectly. You said it's about a good story. 
You know, don't don't beat us over the face with the, with the fact that these are queer characters. Just give us a good story. And the fact that they're queer is secondary to that. I don't have a problem with it at all. And I don't think most people should have a problem with it. Whether they do or not, it's another story altogether. But just tell us a good story, you know, yeah. and forget, you know, don't don't try to make a political statement. I think DC is pretty good about about doing that. I know people read into things and you just can't help that these days. But, yeah, just give us a good story and so we can enjoy it. All right. Uh, bracket five. I think it's as you're up there, Chase. Uh, yeah, bracket five. So when the Justice League disappears, it's Jimmy Olsen to the rescue, along with the super pets. They must <laughs> save the world from certain doom by posing as the missing Justice League. So uh, so when I got to this bracket, I I mean, I read that and whatever was up against it pretty much didn't have, didn't have a chance. But uh, it's up against Jesse Quick Control. Uh, and I don't know if that's a play on Jesse Quick, Quick Control, or if it's just Jesse Quick Control. Uh, but Jesse Quick uses her speed to access an alien artifact from a long dead civilization, and it uh, changes her powers around. All of a sudden, she has the ability to harness and control the elements around her at the expense of her super speed. She's no longer fast. Uh, but when the power begins to corrupt Jesse, she's got to decide whether she wants to give up these new gifts or risk becoming quite literally her own uh, worst enemy. So. You know, when I read that, that just reinforced my, my pick. For me, Jesse Quick, the whole point, her name is Jesse Quick. She needs to have speed powers. So, yeah, I, I got to go with Jimmy Olsen and the Super Pets. Although, again, this is another one where maybe if it's a, a great creative team on Jesse Quick, I could be swayed. Uh, but just based on what we know here, I got to go with uh, Paws Off the Justice League. Uh, <laughs> well... Uh, my friend, uh, I, I, you know, we can vote differently and still be friends. Okay. A hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I read the 12 issue Jimmy Olsen series, uh, by Matt Fraction and, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but nonetheless, I, I left that series convinced that I don't think I'll ever really be able to get a hand enjoy Jimmy Olsen's story. Not really. I thought, I thought it was disappointing. Now this might be completely different, but Jimmy Olsen, DC has tried repeatedly to make Jimmy Olsen interesting and they have failed repeatedly. And you know what? I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of it. And the whole super pets thing, it just doesn't float my boat. And you know what? I like Jesse quick. I, I do. I like her. She's more interesting. And, and I'm assuming uh, you know, it's funny because when uh, I, I should I should say that when I when I was doing the thumbnail here, I under my face, I have a Jesse Quick, my version, my favorite version of Jesse Quick. I'm not sure there's different versions of Jesse Quick uh, through uh, various incarnations. I'm not sure which one it is, but I, I can tell you that I am. I am. I am curious to. I, I like the story and quite frankly, it might. I like the synopsis, you know, I mean, it's, I find it interesting and, you know, we, we need it. We need some more female speedsters. You know, it's nice to have Jesse quick, get some love here. And I think it's about time. Cause I think, I think I'm a little bit sick of Jimmy Olsen. I'm just kind of a little bit tired of him. I saw him in future state. He was older and dilapidated. He came across like kind of an older loser, kind of pathetic. And I, and he's always looking like a, so nerdy and I know that's how he's supposed to be, but, I don't know, you know. Uh, the, the only use the only use that Jimmy Olsen ever had for me is that in Jimmy in that one issue of Jimmy Olsen, thank God we got Darkseid out of it, and and it took Jack Kirby drawing Jimmy Olsen 
to give us dark side. And that's the most interesting Jimmy Olsen has ever been. But so that's my reasoning there. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Jimmy Olsen fan. I'm more choosing this for the, the super pets. thinking it's something that I could, I could share with my daughter, but, but you're right. I mean, you look at the synopsis, we got, what is it? Five lines for, uh, for Jesse Quick, and only two, literally one sentence for the Jimmy Olsen story. But it has more to do with the Super Pets for me than uh, than Jimmy himself. So, <laughs> All right. So, bracket six. All right. Blue Beetle Graduation Day uh, versus Night Runner Love in Paris. Regarding Blue Beetle Graduation Day, trapped between heroics and his future, Jamie Ray's is directionless when they reach when the reach interrupt James Jamie's high school graduation things only get worse Starfire becomes a new mentor to Blue Beetle but is it Jamie or the scarab that's really in the driver's seat and why hasn't Jamie applied to any colleges question mark versus Night Runner Love in Paris all of Paris is obsessed with an intoxicating virtual songstress whose holographic stage shows are lighting up the city of love, but when are the Vocaloid Ingenue fans? But when the Vocaloid Ingenue's fans start to disappear, Night Runner must track down the infamous developer behind the eerily realistic celebrity AI. Wow, I don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> Honestly, man, help me out. <laughs> All right, you want me to go first? All right. Uh, so here's the thing: like, I, I love Jaime Reyes. He's a he's a really cool uh, character and an, an interesting take on uh, on Blue Beetle. You know, much different than Dan Garrett, the first Blue Beetle, or even Ted Cord, who didn't have any uh, superpowers. So I, I like Jaime a lot, and I, I I would read an ongoing title and and did read his new Fifty Two ongoing title and and really enjoyed it. That being said, Night Runner here here's a character that that Kyle Higgins created in some of his earliest comic book and DC work. I think he only appeared in the the one uh, Detective Comics annual where he first showed up and we haven't seen him since. So go, going back to something you said earlier Rocky about I love learning more about these obscure characters. There's part of me that wants to read the 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 Night Runner story. Um but ultimately I had to go with Jaime only because I, I know him. I'm more familiar with him. I think uh, if Jaime's, which again, this is a round robin and only one thing, one series is going to win and it's not going to be Jaime Reyes' Blue Beetle. We all know that. Um, but that being said, <laughs> assuming like, let's say it was only, there were only two choices. A, a Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle series would have a much greater chance of succeeding than a Night Runner series. Although Night Runner is tangentially tied to to Batman, he was in Batman Incorporated, uh, but ultimately I got to go with Blue Beetle. But it's close. It's really it's really close because um, I think Night Runner is an interesting character. I'd love to see more. He's got a cool costume, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Blue Beetle on this one. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like I don't have a dog in this race. I just don't. Uh, I mean, I I'm not gonna be a cop out. I will pick one, but truthfully, I just don't care. I know nothing about Night Runner. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know if I've ever have I ever read a Night Runner story. If I have, I've totally forgotten it. Um, maybe maybe after Death Metal, when when my our reality was rewritten, I my memory of Night Runner was eliminated. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I'm I'm actually curious about Night Runner. I've not been. I like the old classic Blue Beetle. Uh, I you know, you know that's that's you know with the scarab and all that jazz. I'm so I'm not a huge fan of Yon. Yami, I, I even said his name wrong. I called him Jamie at, again, so I, yeah, I don't even say the I, yeah. name right. But 
Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just the, the Latin uh, pronunciation of Jamie would be Jaime, but J sounds like an H. So yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, this is one of those brackets. This is one of those brackets, right, where you wish you could swap when you were talking about the matchups earlier. Can I throw my Lobo Animal Man in here against one of these and then move the other one against <laughs> yeah. Son of the Creeper so I can get Creeper and Lobo? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with Knight Rider uh, just because I, I kind of like the concept. Uh, I've never been to Paris what the hell? Why not? So it'll be a wild card. Because I don't care what anybody says. In, in any vote, there's always a wild card. And one of these is going to surprise us. And why can't it be Night Runner? What the hell? Why not? What if, man, what if that won? That would be crazy. We got a bunch of trolls out there. All the all of a sudden, all the uh, the CG guys start jumping in here. Let's ruin DC by voting for Night Runner and make it win. Yeah. All right, man. You're bracket seven. Uh, bracket seven, Swamp Thing, a house of secrets. So we're, we're flashing back here with Swamp Thing. When love will not die, the dead must rise from the grave to kill it. So we're in Louisiana, 1905, caught in a, an eternal triangle of love and living death. Uh, the monstrous Alex Olson, his widow Linda, and his undead rival Damien vie for control of the cursed swamp where life, death, and the past and the future spiral into one never-ending nightmare. So clearly this is not the Alex Holland Swamp thing. So when you say undead, is that Damien that's undead, or is Alex? Because Ol- Alex Olson's described as monstrous here, so Alex Olson is Swamp Thing, and yeah. the undead rival Damien is some sort of zombie. So you almost think, okay, if Alex Olson is is the Alec Holland character, Linda would be sort of the the Abigail Arcane sort of character, and the undead rival Damien would be uh, Anton Arcane, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Swamp Thing guy, so uh, I'm not sure. It does sound a bit derivative, though. Uh, but that's going up against Suicide Squad 7. Uh, Harley Quinn leads a team of criminals, a millionaire adventurer, a stage magician, a sugar-obsessed serial killer, a, delu- a delusional former superhero, a drunk assassin, a mute metahuman, and a child who becomes a monster to stop the centuries-old Church of Blood from trying to destroy all of humankind. Oh, man. Uh, I love the Church of Blood. I love Brother Blood. Um, I'm not the biggest Harley fan in the world, but I probably based on creative teams like her slightly better than Swamp Thing. Uh, And I do like the whole idea of Suicide Squad. So that gets my vote here only because the Swamp Thing sounds like a story we've we've read before trying to rechannel Alan Moore with the whole love triangle thing. So my votes for Suicide Squad seven. Um, But it's another one where if I knew the creative teams. I might uh, change my vote, but what are your thoughts, Rocky? Well, I tell you what, we're, uh, I know you and I are both, well, maybe a little, I'm really enjoying Ram V's Swamp Thing right now. If Ram, if I was knowing Ram V was writing Swamp Thing House of Secrets, I would definitely do it. The other thing is the, the title itself, Swamp Thing, A House of Secrets. I'm sure that there's a reason why House of Secrets is there. House of Secrets was a fantastic Vertigo series. I collected all of those. I love that. I love the the characters of that. I love the concept of the House of Secrets. I love that with Swamp Thing. I love the setting of 1905. It it just sounds like something I would love. It sounds like something I would buy. It sounds like a Vertigo title. I absolutely love it. I absolutely also love Suicide Squad 7. It sounds hilarious. Just like I love it, it's just like I love the Suicide Squad movie preview that just came out. This, yeah. I just love it. I love both these ideas and it's like you, we were talking about earlier Jace. I mean I mean these pairings are it's frustrating to me. I want both these I want to yeah. vote for both of them. 
This is unfair. And I got to pick one? Well, you know what? I'm going to go with Swamp Thing House of Secrets because, it's, you know, as much as I love Suicide Squad 7, look, I got lots of suicide love. I'm enjoying, relatively speaking, the Suicide Squad DC series as it is. We're getting a Suicide Squad movie. Let's spread out the love. So uh, let's get, let's, uh, I want to see some House of Secrets there with Swamp Thing. Yeah, it's a good point. You bring up voting for both. You would cancel out your own vote because I guess if you have multiple Twitter accounts, you could vote <laughs> multiple times technically. Uh, and I will also mention House of Secrets. That's a classic DC horror title, not just Vertigo, but you know, back in the the fifties and uh, you know when EC Comics was around before the even before that the forties uh, when EC Comics was around before uh, the Seduction of the Innocent by Charles Wortham and the Comics Code Authority. Um, you know, they had House of Secrets as a DC comic for many years and went through the 60s and 70s. I think it ended in the, the early 80s. So, yeah, that is a that is a very traditional title to put on a DC horror comic. I didn't think about that. And will the the House of Secrets, because when you talk about House of Secrets, that's an actual house. That's an actual location in the DC universe uh, where yeah. the stories for the House of uh, Secrets comic used to take place. So. Ooh, that almost that almost sways me, but I'm I'm gonna stick with my uh, my Suicide Squad seven pick. All right, well we're on the bracket eight, and this is the final bracket: uh, Asteria, the last Amazon versus Superman and Lois Ignition. Asteria, the last Amazon. I'm sure you're like me, Jace. I, when I hear Asteria, I'm I I think of Wonder Woman. I think of the Wonder Woman 1984 movie with Linda Carter, who played Asteria yep. in the movie, who was the sort of the original Wonder, well, essentially the original Wonder Woman, who wore the golden armor that ultimately Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman wore at the at the end of Wonder Woman 1984. And while while I, people can decide for themselves how much they loved Wonder Woman 1984, it didn't do as well as some people hope, but. If you're a huge Wonder Woman 1984 fan and you're a huge Linda Carter fan, and I'm both, uh, you might want to read Asteria, The Last Amazon. And uh, But in any event, let me read it first here. An immortal Amazonian champion returns to man's world to discover her and the Amazon sacrifice now forgotten, a new breed of hero seeking power, glory, and dominance, and the secret family she left behind offering one last chance at redemption. Woohoo! Cue music. All right, Superman and Lois Ignition. Our solar system is a machine, and its purpose is to trap and kill Superman. The sun is darkening. Mars' orbit is changing, and a mysterious citadel in Jupiter's great red eye has awoken. It is time for Kal-El to stand against the very end of his world. But he won't be doing it alone. Lois Lane is suited up and blasting off to get the biggest story in human history and to watch Clark's back as he faces his greatest challenge yet, facing ancient aliens and planet-sized machines, trickster asteroids and the giga krakens of neptune <laughs> yeah, i pronounced that correctly i think you superman did <laughs> superman and lois will fight across all nine planets to prevent earth's dark destiny and save our future all right jace this is uh en enlighten me what should i vote for <laughs> oh, man so here's the thing like these may be the two series that i want more than any and they're up against each other. So, again, I'm, I'm just so torn. Um, I, too, am a huge Linda Carter fan. I mean, the woman, I, I think she's in her 70s now. She still looks so good. So good. Uh, the, the first one, I remember watching the Wonder Woman come, uh, TV show as a kid and loving it. Uh, I thought it was great to see her in the movie. But this is my boy. This is Superman. And not only is it Superman, it's Lois, too. She's out there on the front lines with him. 
I mean, Rocky, my, you know, my wife's name is Lois. How can I pick anything <laughs> but Superman and Lois Ignition? How can I choose? I mean, when I was, when I saw this and I started reading it, I'm like, wait, wait, Lois is suited up. Like, is this like the super Lois? Like we saw an all-star Superman. Cause that, that, that would be even better. So I, I have to pick that, but I mean, I think Asteria might be the, the the series I want the second most of of any of these. So it, it's 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 tough, but ultimately, I can't not choose uh, Superman and Lois Ignition. But man, I really would love to see that Astoria uh, title be printed as well. Yeah, I honestly, when I read the Superman and Lois, uh, it doesn't interest me at all. It uh, it, it's just in a I feel that they're missing the boat on Superman and Lois. It's, uh, it doesn't sound character-driven to me. It sounds like a plot-driven exercise that we've seen before. And it just there's nothing about it that really... It, it almost seems like another version of a future state story. And I get the impression that it, it's not even taking place. It's that it does take place in the future. It just doesn't really seem to interest me, quite frankly. Uh, I'm just not into it. And uh, frankly, my... My preference for Superman and Lois stories, I want, I still want the young John Kent back. And yeah, I know I got to let that go, but I still can't. And it's just, it's just not the same. Asteria all the way, last Amazon. And to be honest with you, I've been pretty hard on Wonder Woman. Uh, I, I like the new, we've been, we got some, we, we got Nubia, we got Yara Floor. And I'm really, I love, love Nubia, I love Yara Floor, less so Diana. Uh, but but I'm two for two for loving Yara Flora and loving Nubia. Why not throw in Asteria there? Asteria all the way. Because what do we need another Superman and Lois story for? Good God, we have a TV show. We got the Superman comics. Give us more Asteria. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I mean, when you read the, the Superman and Lois uh, description there, if you have a cool Superman and Lois story, just put it in the regular Superman book. If if you print the, if you, you know, Asteria wins, we're getting, we are getting something new. So I, I see your point. Um, that being said, I'm still going to pick Superman Lois because, okay, you know, well, I don't that, that, the dog that's all the brackets. <laughs> and so now this is the, this is the, the round robin and how it looks. And I'm just wondering, do you have any predictions as to a winner at this point? I mean, I know I'm asking a lot because I'm asking a lot for myself too, and it's probably unfair to ask. But I'm going to ask you anyway, Jace. <laughs> uh, you know, I almost think when I when you look at this, I almost think well, Robbins is the kind of the because it's bat it's the and and kudos to DC. I mean, Robbins that is a, a Batman family book, and I guess Night Runner to some extent, although he's he's not most most Batman fans don't even know who Night Runner is. But if they'd put a Batman title in here, like something with Bruce Wayne, that would have won. So kudos to them for not not doing that. It does give other things a chance. That being said, I do fear that Robbins is going to to be the one that does end up winning. Um, but the other interesting thing is is like you know we were just talking about it. It's so down to the matchups. I mean, they, I bet they took a long time to decide what was going to match up against what, and and tried to match up things that were in equal popularity. And and like I was saying earlier. Um, a lot of the, the votes are very, very close. The majority of them, at least half of them, but I think the majority of them are close. There's a couple that are like razor thin when I, when I voted. So that's telling me that, Hey, some of these are, are, you know, they're neck and neck. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. If, if I had to pick one, 
Yeah, I think Robbins would be my pick. And uh, as a as a second pick, I think the Suicide Squad 7, that's going to be on a lot of people's minds. Because, again, yeah. you could have people that aren't necessarily the biggest comic fans. You know, they could be casual comic fans or, or not necessarily comic fans at all, but more fans of movie or TV or whatnot that follow DC Comics. And they just stumble across this on Twitter, and they're going to vote for the things that that they recognize. And with the Suicide Squad movie coming out real soon, Suicide Squad 7 could could sneak in there. So I'll, I'll say Robbins, and then uh, Suicide Squad 7 is my my backup pick. And again, those aren't even in my top five of, of stories that I would want to see. Yeah. And uh, I think those are safe picks, and I have safe picks too. And I And, and frankly, I think, my picks are for the for the final two anyway, or the one or the, the two that will win. I it would be Suicide Squad seven, and I would go with Lobo, Animal Man, Scorched Earth. I think mm. would be the final two. I think they're both kind of safe bets. I'm hoping for a wild card win. I'm hoping for a wild card win. What I would like to see, and this is a, I, I know this is a mixed bag, but I'm thinking beyond. I'm thinking. I'm wondering if. I'm I'm going to have my expectations subverted here in terms of the outcome. In other words, we tend to think, I tend to think, I'm I'm sure you're the same way. Most of us most of us who comment on the state of the comic book industry, there's a lot of predictability about it in terms of what sells and what doesn't, and we think we know what people want and what they don't want, and a lot of times we're pretty cocky about what the big two should be doing. And here DC is giving us the option, and I'm really curious again to see. Maybe we'll get some surprises. And part of me wants to be surprised. I want to be surprised because, hey, if, I've, if I'm misunderstanding the market, if I got to tell you, if Etta Candy ends up in first place, I might, I, I, might have to, I might have to go into therapy or something. I don't know. Like, I might have to reevaluate what I'm reading or you know, my, my Twitter account or my YouTube channel. I don't know. Hi. But uh, <laughs> it's going to be very, very interesting because – you know, again, Lobo, Animal Man, Scorched Earth, Suicide Squad 7, for me, I think they're very safe choices. I'm wondering, though, if, um, if is this going to attract a larger audience? I would love to get the manga crowd in and maybe if this gets the crowd, because this should be advertised. I want people that aren't in normally, would, who would not normally be inclined to pick up a DC comic to go and vote and read these, read these synopses and vote. Because I have a sneaking suspicion that a person who doesn't read a lot of comics... I can't see them necessarily choosing Suicide Squad Seven or Lobo and Animal Man or, uh, you know, but but I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, it's a good point you make. I'd love to see some non-comic readers, some casual readers, or people that have never read a comic go and vote, but only if they're going to pick it up and read. Like if what they vote for wins, they got to pick it up and read it too. That would be my my caveat. If I had to pick some dark horses, uh, one from each side, just like I did with the kind of my safe picks. I'd say from the left side, the, the, the surprise for me, but could have a chance, could happen, would be that Green Lantern story. And on the, the right side would be that Asteria story, you know, because she did appear in Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, I, myself included, love uh, Linda Carter. She, she's uh, very popular. So yeah. I wouldn't be, su- wouldn't be disappointed to see either of those make it into the final either. All right. Well, that, uh, that, that pretty much covers it. I, I, I'm excited for this. My, I'm, I'm so pleasantly surprised by DC. Part of me, 
I shame on me for being a little bit cynical. I thought to myself initially when I heard about this vote, I said to myself, what's wrong with DC editorial? They can't make up their minds. Now we have to make up their minds for them too. Like what's going on? But then, but then I stop and think about it. It's like, well, wait a minute. They're, they're actually asking my opinion. And because, you know, how, how cocky have, have we been so often us commentators presuming that we know what's going to happen and listen to us. And they're finally saying, okay, smart asses vote, show us, you know, because now if now what's the excuse of these series fail? Really? I mean, yeah. it's not, I mean, they have a legitimate argument to say, Hey guys, you voted like we're listening to you. And so how is it our fault if this doesn't work out? I mean, what more can we do? So makes you think. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, so I imagine we'll probably come back at least for uh, the next round. Cause then we'll have uh, creative teams to talk about, which will add a whole nother dimension and, uh, and probably, you know, change our minds on, on certain things. So, uh, I'm sure Rocky and I will we'll be back for uh, for the next round. And then when it gets down to the, I don't know, when there's only four or two, we may just fold it into the our regular DC Spotlight uh, episodes. But uh, certainly, let us know in uh, in the comments below, or if you listen on uh, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, hit us up on on Twitter or Instagram or what have you. Uh, give us your thoughts. Let us know, you know, why we're wrong with picking what we picked and why we should pick what you like. Uh, you know, give us your thoughts uh, of, of how you feel overall about what uh, DC is doing here. And uh, yeah, we always love to uh, to hear from from listeners and, uh, and viewers. So. All right. And with that, we we shall sign off. Yeah, we want to thank everybody for uh, for listening. Uh, as always, really appreciate your support. Uh, if you're listening on any podcast platform, uh, Comic Source is available. Uh, if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure you go and subscribe to the Comic Boom with an exclamation point uh, website. That's Rocky's channel where he does all kinds of uh, great reviews and talks about his uh, great collection and shows off a lot of his uh, his key issues and all that kind of good stuff. So be sure you smash that like button and subscribe and hit that notification bell as well. Uh, and like I said, we really pre appreciate you guys uh, coming along for the ride. So we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.